Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all. Thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout The universe displayed Then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to How great Thou art, how great Thou art, when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God Sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou.
Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, O oh Lord. We thank you for, for, your, for your word, O oh Father. I pray you give us grace, O oh Father, to, uh, to receive your word, to have an open heart, to have open ears, O oh Father. And give us grace and uh, just to, to obey you, O oh Father. I thank you again for this day. I thank you for this church. And just bless us all as we, as we worship your name. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, it is good to see each of you here this morning. We're thankful that you're able to be with us and worshiping with us today. We want to welcome back some that have been away from us for a long time, it seems like. Debbie back there, welcome back. Bob is especially glad you're back, I think. By the way, a praise on their part, they've got a contract, no moolah, I don't think, but a contract on their home, is that right? And George is back. He, and especially, we need to be thankful that he's back because he was in California, right? <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome back, all of you. We're glad to have each of you here today. And um, uh, I don't know of any announcements that we need to make right now. We're... Uh, very thankful that we're able to be here and worship together on the Lord's Day. And uh, so, uh, our next hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Let's stand and sing this hymn together. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
turning back. Amen. You may be seated. Life will return with me this morning to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16. 1 Samuel, chapter 16. And we're going to begin reading in just a moment with the very first verse of that uh, chapter. As we think about fixing our faulty vision, the fix for faulty vision. To give you a little background on what we're going to be looking at today, Saul is the king of Israel. He had been anointed by Samuel, and we're coming to the time of his demise, the time when he's going to fade away, he's going to uh, be losing his control over his kingship. And we're going to see that another is going to be anointed to be king in his place. So let's listen to the words now in 1 Samuel chapter 16 as we see this taking place. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. By the way, I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. I don't usually use this one, but this one has a good take on the things that are going on in this passage of Scripture. So I've chosen to read from it today. And it goes on to say, But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I, show, I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse, his sons, and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by the appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemias. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought to anoint David. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of opening your word and seeing the words that you presented about this particular scene. Some important things that we see here, and I pray that we'll be able to understand these in a deeper, better way as we go on in this service. And Father, thank you for the privilege of worshiping you today. Thank you for each one that's come. And we pray that you'd be with those that couldn't be with us today. You know the hindering cause. And Father, we pray that these would be removed, whatever they may be. And your blessings would be upon your people. And again, we ask that if there are decisions that are needed, these would be made. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go through this message today, we're going to be looking at three different things. We're going to be, first of all, looking at Samuel's recovery. He had to recover from something. We'll see what that is in just a minute. And then we'll see the contrast between the current king, Saul, and the one that's anointed here by Samuel, David. There's a contrast between them. We see some similarities. We see some contrasts. And then we're going to be looking at seven aspects of David's call. The things that God saw in him that was going to make him a godly king. Well first this morning, let's notice Samuel's recovery. Was he ill? Well, maybe and maybe not. Samuel was grieving. He was grieving over past things. Particularly, he was grieving over Saul. 
He had seen the things that Saul had done and he seen the things that Saul had not done. And he knew that this was not the individual that he had hoped for in the king of Israel. The first king of Israel, you remember. Samuel had made a prophecy about the kingdom and that it would be torn from Saul and given to another. After he had made that prophecy, Samuel dropped out of sight, so to speak. He didn't appear anymore publicly except to train prophets. And that wasn't really public, that was with the school of prophets. And here, for the first time in this particular passage we've got, since then, Samuel had appeared in public. He came on the national scene, so to speak. And we know that Saul had disobeyed God. And as a result, he was no longer supported by the Lord in his battles against the enemies of Israel. He had lost battles. He had lost people. And ultimately that's going to end with his loss of life and the loss of life of his children who were fighting alongside of him. But that's something that's not here today. All Samuel was looking at is what might have been. How Saul might have been different. How Saul might have changed things. How Saul might have been the king that God wanted him to be. And he was grieving because he was not that person. The problem of getting stuck in the past is seen here in Samuel's life. Now, there's a, a season for mourning. Always. When we lose a loved one, when things don't, don't go right in our lives, when there's changes that need to be made, all kinds of manner of things that we see in our lives that we grieve over, there's a time for that grieving. Especially if it's something like Saul was doing and Samuel was grieving about. It wasn't wrong that Samuel had grieved. It was just that the time of grieving should have been over. Many people struggle with continuing to grieve long after the time of grieving should be ended. When we have pain, when we have things that have happened to us in the past, it may be circumstances, it may be people, it may be problems, it may be death. And these things have wounded us. We're hurt. We're grieving. And that's okay. But we shouldn't struggle with it for a long, long period of time. Frequently, we find ourselves going over and over and over the same ground thinking about the same things. Why did they hurt me? 
Why did I do that? Or why did I, did I do this? Or why did they have to die? And we keep meditating on the past. We can't keep from talking about it. We're, we're constantly, as we're talking with other individuals, telling them about our hurt, telling them about our pain, telling them about what's going on in our lives that we're grieving about. And there comes a time when we need to get over it. That was here in the life of Samuel. And he needed to get on with it, on with his life. God is saying today, let go of the past, put it behind you, I have new things ahead of you. Focus on me and what I'm doing. That's what he was saying to Samuel. God still had a plan for Israel. You see, all Saul was doing had hurt Israel. It had hurt Samuel. And all Samuel could see was the past. How, how Saul was not fulfilling what God had called him to be and do. And that's all he could see. He couldn't see that there was a future for Israel. He couldn't see that there was more that was needed in Israel to be done. In 1 Samuel 14 verse 6, even Jonathan, the son of Saul, had recognized that God was in control regardless of what else is happening. He said, Nothing can keep the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. There have always been attacks on people and on the Lord's churches. You know, in our day and time, in the past ten years, something I read just this week, a record number of Christians have been martyred. A record number of Christians have been martyred in the past ten years. We find Christians have gone to court about moral things and they've lost to immorality. We find that churches have been overruled and our belief system has been put down. The media has mocked us and atheists have scorned. That's going on right now at this present time. But remember what Jesus said. Matthew 16, verse 18. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is that still true? In our day and time when we see things go wrong, is that still true? Very definitely. God is still in control. God is still in power. And we need to let him be seen. We need to 
honor Him. We need to be His people like we ought to be. As we think about who in your life is in control, we need to understand that only God can give us the victories that are needed that He tells us about. We have instructions for us today that we need to follow. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, The word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I anointed you a prophet to the nations. You see, before we were even thought of, God had a plan for our lives, not just Jeremiah. And we need to find the place where God wants us to be. We need to be involved in the things that God wants us to be involved in. Now David was called, David was set apart, David was anointed because he had a hunger and a thirst for God. We find that many places in the scriptures. David wrote many of the Psalms. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, he says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? The hunger that he had. Psalm 27 verse 4. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Gazing on the beauty of the Lord. And seeing Him in his temple. Psalm 63 verse 1. God, you're my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. In the land that is dry, desolate, and without water. David had the right perspective, didn't he? He had that right look at God. And we today need to have that same kind of look at God. Out in his keeping the sheep. And that's where he was in today's reading, right? As he had been out there keeping the sheep, he had composed, I believe, some of these psalms that we read in the Bible today. And he sang these songs to God. Now I know shepherds sang to their sheep. This was a way of pacifying them. This is the way to get them calmed down. This is a way to keep them from being afraid. But it wasn't just that, was it? He was praising God. He was singing to God. He was focusing on the Lord. Also, David was called because he was teachable and flexible. 
throughout his life, David had faced many challenges. To succeed and survive, he had to be teachable. He had to be flexible. He had to let God lead him. We could name many things that happened in David's life. But he was called when the time was right. He was called at the right time. Now, David was very young when he was given the responsibility of being the future king of Israel. Now, you know, as Samuel came to anoint him and did anoint him, he didn't immediately become the king of Israel. Now, Saul did, you remember. But David had to wait a few years. It was a while before he was actually in office where he actually became king. But he was called when he was very young. And he was called prior to the very first battle that he fought for Israel. Do you remember which one that was? He, as a shepherd boy, had been called out of the, from the sheep again and told to take some food to his brothers who were fighting in the army, Saul's army. And they were facing an obstacle. You remember what it was? The giant, yeah. The Philistine giant. Well, that was his first battle for God, we might say. Well, uh, first one for Israel. He had fought battles before, and he related those in other places. We find that his call was accompanied by power. The Spirit of God came upon him. As we are called of God today, the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, gives us the power, the strength, the ability to do what He asks us to do. He doesn't call us to do something that He doesn't provide the way. He doesn't give us what's needed. As we think about David's call, these are the things that we find in the Scriptures that are accompanying His call. And one of the greatest things is God's ability. Not David's ability, but God's ability. And again, as we do the work that He wants us to do here today, it's not by our power. It's not by our strength. It's not by our might. It's not by what we can do. It's not our intellect. It's not our courage. It's not our power. It's not, you, you name it. It's not. But it's God's power. It's God's ability. And He gives us the wherewithal. He gives us the ability that we need today to stand against the giants in our life. And He doesn't tell us that giants are not going to come. He doesn't tell us that there's not going to be problems. He doesn't tell us that the road is always going to be smooth. Because it's not. But the bumps along the way, He's with us. And we need to rest in that. We need to believe that. We need to accept that. And we need to trust Him in that. Another thing that we see about David when he was called 
is that David was working. Now his other brothers were all at the banquet, right? Jesse hadn't thought of David. David was the eighth in line. The eighth was never called. The eighth was never entrusted with responsibility for the family. The first in line was the one that became the head of the family, right? Back in that day and time, it was always that way. And you would never think of the eighth one. But this is the one that God called, that God chose. And David was left out. He was out doing the work, keeping the sheep, keeping the goats. And, you know, I found as I've looked at the Scriptures that it was the busy that God called. You remember Elisha? What was he doing when God called him? When Elijah came and anointed him? He was plowing in the field, wasn't he? You remember he took the oxen that he was using and he sacrificed those as a sacrifice to God. And he was busy. We can name many others. They were busy. They were running a fishing business. Remember the ones that Jesus called? Or they were running a tax office. You remember Matthew? They were busy. They were already engaged in life. They were already accomplishing things but just not the things that God wanted them to be engaged in, not just the things that, that God was calling them to do and to be. God calls busy people. And I know a lot of people have said, Lord, I don't have time for that, as God was calling them to do something or to be something. But He wants people to be engaged in life, and He wants them to be engaged in His work. David was called when I don't think he really understood what God was calling him to do. Do you? When he was anointed to be the next king of Israel, I don't think he had a clue about what all that was going to involve. That all came with time, didn't it? Sometimes as we allow God to use us we may not know where it is that He's leading us. But we're willing. We're pliable. We're available. And He takes us where we are and brings us to the place where He wants us to be. He wants us to be genuine. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be us. I have an illustration here of a pumpkin seed. A pumpkin seed. Did you know that it's impossible with the most powerful microscope to look at a pumpkin seed and see the instructions that are given for that pumpkin seed? You can't find the instructions on the outside of it. But you plant it in the ground and it produces pumpkins, right? That's what a pumpkin seed does. It never produces tomatoes, 
You have to have a tomato seed to produce tomatoes. But the pumpkin seed produces pumpkins. We are to use our abilities to produce what it is that God is building in our lives. And we have invisible instructions in us to do the work that God calls us to do. And we have to be willing to be used of God. I believe that as God anoints people, and He's still anointing today. No, He doesn't use oil usually to anoint as He did in the kings of Israel. But He anoints us with His Spirit, doesn't He? I mentioned a little bit ago that He never calls us to do anything that He doesn't supply the power, the ability to do whatever it is that He's calling us to do. And it's the Spirit of God that does that. We've seen this in action. What about the early church? Before He sent them out, He told them to wait in Jerusalem, didn't He? And what were they to wait for? Power. The Holy Spirit's anointing. And God gave them what was needed in order for them to fulfill the mission immediately to speak on the day of Pentecost, right? And 3,000 were added to the church that one day. Wow. Bob, what would we do with 3,000 people if they were added to our church today? <laughs> We'd have to put people on the roof, maybe. But 3,000 people were added. And then it wasn't just for that day and time, but it was for the future that the Spirit of God was able to use them, to lead them, to help them do the work that He had called them to do. And the church continued to grow. 5,000 were added at one time, remember, in Jerusalem. And then the church was scattered. And then many churches were in many different places. And, and the work continued to grow and the work continued to spread. And you know, really it comes all the way down to our day and time. To us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.21, Now it is God who strengthened us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And then in 1 John 2 verse 20 it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. We have the anointing, the help, the Holy Spirit to be with us in all that we're doing. We could contrast David's life with Saul's. I'm not going to take time to do that this morning. You can read back in the Scriptures and see the failures that Saul had where he dropped the ball, where he didn't do what God wanted him to do, how he offered sacrifices that weren't accepted. The wrong sacrifice. And so, but as we think about 
God's calling. What is it that He's calling you for right now? I believe that every one of us have a responsibility. I believe that every one of us have a place in God's kingdom. Every one of us have things that we need to do to fulfill His desire in our lives. I believe that. Now we look back at the Old Testament and, and we see all of these individuals who were used of God. I mentioned Jeremiah. Well, what about Daniel? What about Hosea? What about Moses? What about Abraham? You know, there, there's, the Bible is just full of individuals and things that God used individuals to do. And then we come to the New Testament. And the same thing is true, isn't it? Look at Peter, James, John, Zebedee, you know, the apostles. What about Paul? What about other individuals that did what God wanted them to do? Matthew wrote the book of Matthew, didn't he? And it's different than the book of John or the book of Luke. The other Gospels have important things to say, but Matthew said the things that God wanted him to say to help us in our instruction about God. So even though we may be called to do a similar thing to what someone else is doing, God uses us very uniquely to do what we're doing and what we need to do. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you, to use you, to help you in accomplishing what He wants to accomplish in your life and maybe in our church. Pray for His guidance. For you to see His guidance. His guidance is there. You don't have to pray that God would guide. He's going to guide. But we have to pray to see His guidance. We have to pray to understand where it is that He's leading. And I believe that every one of us in the hillside have a job, have a responsibility, have a place where we fit in. And God is gifting us to do that which He has called us to do. Our Father, we thank You today for the choosing of Your people. You choose them, not us. And You allow us to serve You. You allow us to build Your kingdom. And Father, I pray that all of us would find the place where we fit. The place where You're leading. And help us to do the work that You want us to do. Maybe today that we have one or more who is listening to this podcast or listening here live and they know they haven't received the salvation that You offer in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that today they would understand that call. A call that's more than others. And they would receive 
your Son as their personal Savior, departing from their sins and allowing you to cleanse them of their sins and allowing you to be their Savior. Again, Father, we thank You for Your blessings on our church and on our people. Thank You that some are back today and have come back earlier that have been away from us. Thank You for the prayers of Your people that they have told me about, that they're praying for our church, praying for me, praying for Wanda, praying for the others that are on our prayer list. It's so important that we come together as Your people and lift each other up. Again, we ask Your blessings on this assembly today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand together and we sing our closing hymn, Power in the Blood. Dr. Fred, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Thank you again for being here with us today. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for the power that's in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we got a great week in front of us and help us and be with those who are ill and be with the sorrowful ones and bless them. Thank you for the word of God being preached. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 
646-638-6541. Email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.